You're listening to What Do Scientists Do? A show where I talk to a different guest each episode, and they teach us all about their favorite science topic. Along with each episode, we will also be posting activities that you can do at home. You can find those at bit.ly forward slash what do scientists do, or at scientists do pod on Twitter and Instagram. My name is Jessica, and today I get to talk to Jarman, who gives us all the buzz about bees and beekeeping. Hey everybody, I'm joined by Jarman today. Jarman, how are you? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, what is your name, though I already gave it away, and your pronouns? Uh, my name is Jarman, and I go by he, him pronouns. Nice to meet you, Jarman. I have actually met Jarman before. Jarman is one of my coworkers here at Supernova. And what are you going to teach us about today? Today, I'm going to talk about beekeeping, or as some call it, apiary. Apiary? So what I would be called is an apiarist, which is a fancy way of saying a beekeeper. Yeah, I never knew that word. That's an entirely new word to me. So why, I guess, do you know so much about bees and beekeeping? Is this something that you've always done or is it something that's new to you? Beekeeping is new to me. Uh, I just started in the summer of 2021 or the spring of 2021. And I know maybe I don't know as much as others, but I know so much because I I got some bees and I wanted to keep them. That's really cool. So how many bees do you keep or how many hives? Um, I'm not sure which metric to use, but. So most beekeepers will count hives, but any hive could have up to 30,000 bees in it. So I keep three hives so far and I'm hoping to grow. Wow. So you have potentially up to 90,000 bees just in your yard. Yeah. And what do you have to do in order to keep those bees? Beekeeping is very interesting because they're wild animals that you have to convince to stay with you. (laughs) So what I do to keep the bees is I provide them a home and I put them in a good spot with lots of trees and flowers and plants so that they will stay and that it's a good uh, environment for them to live in. So it's not like keeping a pet, um, you know, a pet lizard or something in a terrarium. They're allowed to leave their hives because they have to in order to go get um, flowers and stuff like that. But you make it so good for them to stay with you that they're just not going to leave. Exactly. Um, And in order to keep them healthy, uh, you check them for pests and you can give them medicine sometimes. And most beekeepers, because you take honey from them, we'll give them food in return. So we'll feed them sugar, kind of like you'd feed your dog dog food. That makes sense. So when you feed them sugar, is it like sugar directly or is it sugar water? What do you feed them? You feed them, it's sugar, uh, just regular store sugar. But depending on the time of year, changes what you feed them. So in the spring, you feed them more like watered down sugar water so that it encourages them to leave and find nectar because nectar is much sweeter and it tastes way better than watery sugar. But when you come into the, you don't feed them at all in the summer because they're out busy. And when you come into the fall season, you feed them um, really thick, like maple syrup, thick sugar so that they get ready for the winter and store it up. That's really cool. So you change how much sugar you give them depending on whether or not you want them to like go out and find other sources 
Does that mean that they make you lots of honey because you make them go out and do that? Yeah. So bees will make honey no matter what. It's what they do. Uh, and honey is what they eat. So one hive could produce up to 100 pounds of honey. So that is that is about 150 jars. Oh, my goodness. And that's 100 pounds per year? Per year, per hive. That's that's the high number. Usually you'd be low 60 pounds of honey. That's still a lot of honey. What do you do with all that honey? Right now, because I'm still new, I only got about seven pounds of honey. And I just eat it on toast and in my tea. And sometimes I take a spoonful. <laughs> just a spoonful of honey? Just a little bit. What's interesting, too, is bees eat more than honey. They eat something called bee bread, which is like a pollen that they can pack together and feed their their larvae or their babies. And they also eat royal jelly, which is something special only for queens. That's really cool. Bee bread and royal jelly both sound like made-up names. I love that those are real things that bees have to eat. And you talked about their babies and their larvae. How do they have babies? What is that like? Do they all have babies? Do they have families? How do the beehives work? So a beehive is, is you can sort of think of the hive as the main body, and they all have special roles in them. So there's, there's something called a drone bee, which is a male bee. There's a worker bee, which is a female bee. And there's a queen bee, which is also a female. So no other bees in the hive are able to lay eggs. Only the queen can do that, which makes her very special and important to the hive. Uh, And the queen is actually twice as big. So if you ever, for some reason, are looking at a hive, you'll be able to see the queen because she's twice as long and she has little teeny tiny wings. That's really cool. So she's an extra large bee, but she's the only one who can make babies. And then if you can't, if you don't have a queen, then you're not going to be able to keep the hive going, right? Right. So a really important part of when we go to do what's called a, an, a hive inspection, we pull out the frames and we look to check to see if there's a queen and to see if she's healthy. Um, a queen can lay up to 2,500, so that's 2,500 eggs a day. So we check to make sure that she's laying eggs and that there's larva and honey and, and bee bread. And, and you want to make sure that your hive is healthy because if the queen is gone, slowly the hive will die. And that's not what we want. And you as a beekeeper, because you're keeping the bees, they're not out in nature. um, Are there things that you can do if something happens to the queen? So there's a couple things that you can do. Uh, You can actually buy queens so you can replace them. But you have to be careful because bees, uh, they have a very sensitive, it's called olfactory gland. So it's it's their nose. They are actually 50 times better at smelling than a dog. So they're very sensitive and they use these pheromones or these scents to communicate. So each queen has their own scent. And if you introduce a queen to a hive, they, they won't like it. They'll think that it's an enemy. So you have to do it very slowly. And the way that we do that is we put them in a cage and there's a candy plug like a jujube. And the bees will eat through the candy plug, but by the time they eat through it, they'll be used to that queen and they'll accept her as the new leader. That's super cool. So you just kind of have to put this new thing in their hive that they're not going to like, but make it so that it takes so long for them to get to the queen that they don't care anymore because they're just used to her being around. Exactly. Another way is they'll make new queens. So sometimes if you know, if you've 
see that a queen is gone, you can actually see what's called a queen cup. And it's a really big egg looking shape. So they make a special ball of wax that holds a bigger bee, which is the queen, and they'll hatch a new queen. That's really cool. So there are a few different ways that you could replace a queen and make sure that the hive doesn't die. And sometimes they'll do it on their own, but sometimes you have to do it yourself. Exactly. Queens are actually the only bee in a hive that can live more than eight weeks. Most bees will die between six and eight weeks, but a queen can be up to three years. So she's the one that keeps the hive going year after year. Oh, I didn't know they lived that long in comparison to the other bees. Um, That's such a long life to watch all the other bees come and go. Do you have one thing that you think everybody should know about bees and beekeeping? Yeah, so something that we usually don't know is that in Canada, there are 800 different kinds of bees. We usually like to think of bumblebees, which are the big fat ones that you can hear buzzing around, or honeybees that make delicious honey, but there's 800 different kinds of wild bees. And it's really important that we know this because uh, wild bees are endangered and they all pollinate different types of plants and food. And so uh, something that's really helpful to bees is just to leave wildflowers. Let your lawn get a little bit messy so that the bees can come in, especially in the spring. These wild bees are looking for food. So beekeepers like myself will keep honeybees alive with sugar when they're they can't find any flowers, but the wild bees are usually struggling. So so you can help the bees by not doing things like mowing the lawn as often. So honestly, that seems like a win-win situation to me. If you get to um, do fewer chores and help save the bees and save some of the food that we eat, right? Because without the bees, um, we would we wouldn't have different types of food. Roughly a third of all the food that you eat on your table comes from bees. Not directly, but because of their pollination. Almost all fruits come from bees. Wow. So we really want to um, help those bees out and make sure that they can get enough um, pollen and sugar and all of that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Bees are actually the only insect in the world that make food for human consumption. Oh, I didn't know that. We don't eat spider webs or anything like that. We just eat honey. That makes a lot of sense. That's really cool. Okay, do you have any favorite bee facts that you haven't already mentioned? I just learned this recently, but honeybees don't sleep. They all come home at night, so they have a a very good internal clock. So they wake up in the morning and they, they go out and they forage and they look for food. But when they come home at night... They just stand still and conserve energy for the morning. They don't actually go to sleep. Oh, that's, I didn't know that at all. That's super, that's super weird. Can you imagine if humans just came home and instead of sleeping, we just stood in a corner? Yeah. Um, (laughs) That would be absolutely wild. If you're careful, you can go up to a hive and put your ear on it and you can hear them buzzing around at any time of the day or night. Oh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Because I guess I they don't really go like motionless. I guess I've never spent a lot of time looking at beehives. Cool. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Any other favorite bee facts or things you'd like people to know? Something I found interesting myself was that they have different roles for different parts of their life. 
So when a bee is born, it doesn't know how to make honey. It doesn't know how to work. It doesn't know how to do anything. And it's taught all of these things. So the first thing a bee does when it's born is it actually becomes what we call a nurse bee. And it raises the next generation. And once it gets a little bit older, it becomes a worker bee and goes and forages. So it's interesting the different roles that they take on throughout their lifespan. It's almost like they have like grades and they have to pass through the grades or the levels in order to get to the next one. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know that. That's super cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Jarman. No, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And as always, a big thank you to everybody listening. For more bee fun, you can find this week's at-home activity at bit.ly forward slash what do scientists do. Or you can check us out on Twitter or Instagram at scientistdopod. That's also where we'll be announcing our guests for each episode. So if you have a question about anything from microwaves to megalodons, you can tag us on Twitter or send us an email at whatdoscientistsdo at superstaff.ca. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next episode. Bye for now. This podcast was made by Supernova at Dalhousie University, a network member of Actua. For more information on our summer camps, workshops, and more, check out supernova.dal.ca.